This is ARN. Decidedly Christian, distinctly biblical, and just a little bit nuts. This is Squirrel Chatter. And welcome to the Piney Woods, ladies and gentlemen. I am your allergetic squirrel today. Oh, man. Uh, They're haying around here, and it's uh, definitely kicked in. (laughs) I am your host, the squirrel, coming to you from the ARN studios, high atop the tallest tree in the Piney Woods. Good to have you with us. It is the 4th of July. You probably have plans for barbecues and fireworks and all sorts of stuff, but here I am giving you a Squirrel Chatter 4th of July edition. Squirrel Chatter is a podcast dedicated to scripture, theology, history, current events, and whatever else I want to talk about. We webcast most Mondays through Fridays at 7.30 a.m. Mountain on Twitter, Facebook, and Rumble, and then the podcast is available for download wherever you find fine podcasts. And what we got coming up today, we have prayers from the Book of Common Prayer. We have a reading from John MacArthur's Daily Readings from the Life of Christ. And then we have a special 4th of July edition of Federalist Friday. Um, And also on a uh, um, programming note, uh, excuse me, on a programming note, uh, I will be taking the rest of the week off. just need to get my throat back under control. Mrs. Squirrel and I are going to go do some things. I'm planning on staying up for fireworks tonight, so I don't want to get up early in the morning. Um, All sorts of stuff like that. And so uh, as I sniffle my way through today's episode, this is one of the worst allergy seasons I've suffered through. And I, I say that as someone who's, until certain events of 2020, let's just put it that way, I never had bad allergies, but ever since certain events of 2020, I have suffered allergies every spring, and this spring is particularly heinous. Um, I've mentioned the pollen and stuff, and then it's finally gotten hot and dry, and so a couple of weeks late, but the farmers around here have started haying. Um, You don't want to hay when it's going to rain because you don't want the hay on the ground in the rain you tend to get spoiled hay that way so they want to cut the hay and and let it lay out and dry a little bit in the sun before they bale it and so we've had a very wet spring up until about a week ago and it's finally gotten hot and dry and so the farmers around here are starting to bale their hay (laughs) and so the hay cutting is going on i mean just on all around us here in the piney woods i've got farmers haying their fields and uh, that has added to the uh the uh allergy issues that i am suffering from so i beg your indulgence i will be taking the rest of the week off um primarily just to try to get my voice back and, and everything. But I told you yesterday I would be here today, so I am here. So what we're going to do today for our special Independence Day edition of Federalist Friday is we're going to read the Declaration of Independence. All right. 
Let's begin, as is our practice, with the prayer of confession from the 2019 Book of Common Prayer. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against your holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And apart from your grace, there is no health in us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Spare all those who confess their faults. Restore all those who are penitent, according to your promises declared to all people in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may now live a godly, righteous, and sober life. To the glory of your holy name. Amen. All right. Grant to your faithful people, merciful Lord, pardon and peace, that we may cleanse from all our sins and serve you with a quiet mind. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. All right. So what I'm going to do today is we are going to read the Declaration of Independence. Uh, we've done this on the 4th of July for the last few years. And it, just interesting, I, uh, in, in, I, I didn't find last year's notes. I just went and found uh, the Declaration of Independence online. And uh, it's from a government website, um, part of the National Archives. But as I was searching for the text, I, there were a lot of PDFs and, and, and uh, photographic, you know, of the actual documents and stuff and, and however neat Thomas Jefferson's handwriting might be, um, trying to read that, uh, during a webcast would be, uh, tantamount to, to suicide <laughs> as you try to make out the, the letters and stuff and spellings different and everything. But one of the things that's really interesting when I, when I was finding the text, there was a little blurb at the top of the the text of the Declaration of Independence um, about where this particular version of the text came from. And this is from a printed broadsheet that was distributed after the after the Declaration of Independence had been signed. And the article contained all sorts of information about the textual variants that exist in the Declaration of Independence, that different printed versions had different spelling and occasionally different wording from each other. Um, and, of course, we have the, the actual uh, autograph, as it were, the printed text. Oh, excuse me. We have the actual printed text, um, so we don't have, you know, the the kind of questions that exist for, oh, say, books of the Bible, <laughs> where we don't have the printed text. But it is interesting to me that just a couple hundred years ago, when uh, the nation was founded, and uh, we're, what is it, 240 240 some odd years. Um, I didn't do the math. Um, I remember the bicentennial year. That was the whole year. I mean, they had a 
they had a thing um, that was constantly playing between, you know, during commercial breaks and between shows on on CBS. I remember because I remember Walter Cronkite was doing the narration. They did a two hundred years ago today throughout the entire bicentennial year, and and they would have some tidbit of news from 1776 and Walter Cronkite would say 200 years ago today you know George Washington bought a new horse and named him Ralph I you know it'd be something sometimes it was something very significant other times it was just you know we need something that happened 200 years ago today find something I I, I always wanted to hear Walter Cronkite go 200 years ago today, nothing of any significance happened, and that's the way it was 200 years ago today. But they, they were some interesting stuff, and I, I just remember that year, you know, the the, the 200th, the bicentennial. Um, that was the, the, it was just, it was an interesting, interesting year. Um, first year I ever visited Montana. That was the summer before we moved out here. Um in fact, I spent the 4th of July um, in Missoula, at Fort Missoula, at the, uh, what, what is now known as 4th at the Fort, and it's a, it's an annual thing. I was at the first one in 1976, so before we moved to Montana, and uh, matter of fact, the events that took place at that, that uh, 4th at the Fort, that very first 4th at the Fort were instrumental in us moving here so to to Missoula area so and, you know I'm still 60 miles from Missoula so I'm not, I haven't I haven't ended up very far from where we moved in 19 in January of 1977 could you imagine moving your family to Montana in the middle of winter dad did it and uh, been here ever since other than you know uh some time off in the Air Force, but where did I come back to, you know, uh, where I raised my kid, where where I've uh, pastored, um, my heart's in Montana, I love this place, um, but uh, yeah, that was 1976, Bicentennial Summer, that was just a, that was a, you know, every, it was a patriotic time, um, flags everywhere, um, I, I I am saddened by the loss of patriotism in general in our nation. Um, some of it is, I, I, I'm saddened by the loss of morality in our nation, um, more, much more so than I am the loss of patriotism, but they go hand in hand. Um, America used to be, a place that you could be more proud of. Um, now, we used to we used to try to export freedom and democracy. We used to try to export capitalism and 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 success. You know, as a financial, uh, you know, the free market economy where people could you know better themselves economically. Those were the sorts of things we used to export. Now we export gay pride and drag queen story hour and 
Yeah, it, it's it's not the same, and and that's we've lost something. Um, and we've talked about Romans one. We've talked about how this is a sign that the United States is under the judgment of God, and we understand that from a Christian and biblical worldview point of view. Um, but at the same time, there was there was a time when it it was a different country. And I, I'm old enough that I remember a more patriotic time. Now remember, 1976 was right after Vietnam. There was still quite a bit of negativity regarding that. I mean, the Vietnam War, I mean, the, the when was the, the fall of Saigon? I think it was like 73, 74. So it had only happened a couple of years before. Um, and so there were wounds. But... You know, we can look back to, you know, the Civil War, World War One, World War Two, when the United States fought for some significant stuff. Um, you know, it's basically thanks to the United States that Europe doesn't all speak German. Well, they do, but that's just because they're bilingual. But it's you know, or you know, most. Most Europeans speak two or three languages, which is unheard of for Americans. But uh, yeah, that was a that was a different time. Um, but there there was a you know a, a, I pulled out. I was looking for one, looking for a different flag shirt this morning, but I found this Rush Limbaugh "Believe in American Exceptionalism" shirt that I'm wearing today, and. I remember listening to Rush quite a bit talking about American exceptionalism. And by American exceptionalism, you know, it wasn't a my country right or wrong sort of thing. The the concept is that America has been exceptional in world history. There's never been a nation like this before. Um that that has been so blessed by God in the 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 both domestically and in foreign affairs that this little nation of 13 colonies has has been blessed by God to become a huge superpower that at one point actually stood for freedom and liberty in in the world um, in ways that sadly it no longer does. Um, and, and if God is willing and, and relents, it may yet again. Um, and I, I, you know, hold out that hope, um, because God can do great things, but it'll take a mighty movement of the spirit of God and it will take mass repentance, another great awakening, uh, as as happened under Jonathan Edwards, which you know, solid preaching of the word of God, repentant hearts, you know, people being conformed to Christ and not to the world on a national scale to turn this nation away from the brink. But at the same time, we can look back. I, I feel like Jeremiah in a lot of ways. He was looking at Israel 
God was giving him the prophecies that Israel, you know, Jerusalem was going to be destroyed, Israel was going to be captured, and he was proclaiming the warning, you know, and nobody was listening, and and he 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 watched it all happen. So I mean, you know, that's why you have Jeremiah, which is you know a fairly large, one of the major prophets, a fairly large prophetic book, and it's followed by the little book of Lamentations which is Jeremiah pouring out his sorrow over the destruction of Israel even after he had proclaimed God's judgment on the land. You know, unless you repent, these things are going to fall upon you. And when they happened, his attitude was not, I told you so. His attitude was, woe is me that I have seen the fall of so great a nation, the, the, a, a nation that was blessed by God. Now, you know, America has no place in Scripture. There's no, you know, prophecies of the United States. Um, I, I, I think there's a, um, James White was talking about this last week on the dividing line, a week or so ago. He was playing some national prayer meeting for Trump video with General Michael Flynn offering a prayer. And the prayer had been kiped from Elizabeth Clare Prophet back in the 80s, who you probably have never heard of. She was the head of the Church Universal and Triumphant. Excuse me. Pardon me for just a moment. Excuse me, folks, I just sneezed and gave myself a bloody nose. It'll be a minute. I will be right back. What I've said for years now is the best thing you can do as a Christian to live well in this world is find a healthy church and build your life around it. I mean, do what you got to do. I, and I, I agree for people. Say, There's no health, no churches in 100 miles of me. And uh, it's, it's sad. Move. Move. Well, but I got busy. What's more important? You, know, you can have your business over here and lose your children, or you can move and maybe have to work at a 7-Eleven and help build your life around a healthy church for the welfare of your children. Of course there's bad churches. Um, then go find a good one. And if you have to drive to get to it, then it's worth the drive, I would say. You know? So get in your car and go. I mean, how bad do you want it? I mean, how important is the truth to you? All right, folks, we are going to continue with an audio only. <laughs> I'm going to leave the logo up uh, so you don't see me with a tissue stuffed up my nose. Um, but, uh, just talking about, you know, the when, when Rush would talk about American exceptionalism, his point was that America was exceptional because of the ideals upon which it was founded. Limited government, liberty, um, you know, the, 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 it's something that, that, uh, it was, you know, it came from a, a several streams of things. You had enlightenment thought and political philosophy and John Locke and stuff like that. And then you also had scriptural ideas that came up that allowed people to, uh, to, uh, 
you know, concepts that, that had not been all brought together until the founding of America in many ways. Um, there's a, a, a mixture of ideas and philosophies that came together to form our nation. And those really are um, very indicative, uh, very, um, sorry, I'm very distracted now. Um, there, there's just some, uh, all of these concepts are um, expressed well in the Declaration of Independence. So I'm going to read that now um, for you. In Congress, July 6, 19, or 1776, when in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should de declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light or transient causes, and accordingly, all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evil, evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object, evidences a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty, to throw off such government, and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies, and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their form of systems of government. The history of the present King of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. He has refused his assent to laws, the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. He has forbidden his governors to pass laws of immediate and pressing importance unless suspended in their operation till his assent should be attained. And when so suspended, he has utterly neglected to attend to them. He has refused to pass other laws for the accommodation of large districts of people unless those people would relinquish the right of representation in the legislature, a right inestimable to them and formidable to tyrants only. He has called together legislative bodies at places unusual, uncomfortable, and distant from the depository of their public records for the sole purpose of fatiguing them into compliance with his measures. He has dissolved representative houses repeatedly 
for opposing with manly firmness his invasion on the rights of the people. He has refused for a long time after such dissolutions to cause others to be elected, whereby the legislative powers incapable of annihilation have returned to the people at large for their exercise. The state, remaining in the meantime exposed to all dangers of invasion from without and convulsions within. He has endeavored to prevent the population of these states, for that purpose obstructing the laws for naturalization of foreigners, refusing to pass others to encourage their migrations hither, and raising the conditions of new appropriations of land. He has obstructed the administration of justice by refusing his assent to laws for establishing judiciary powers. He has made judges dependent on his will alone for the tenure of their offices and the amount and payment of their salaries. He has erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of officers to harass the people and eat out their substance. He has kept among us in times of peace standing armies without the consent of our legislatures. He has affected to render the military independence of and superior to the civil power. He has affected to render the military independent of and superior to the civil power. He has combined with others to subject us to a jurisdiction foreign to our Constitution and acknowledged by our laws giving his assent to their acts of pretended legislation. For quartering large bodies of armed troops among us, for protecting them by mock trial from punishment for any murders which they should commit on the inhabitants of these states, for cutting off our trade with all parts of the world, for imposing taxes on us without our consent, for depriving us in many cases of the benefit of trial by jury, for transporting us beyond seas to be tried for pretended offenses, for abolishing the free system of English laws in a neighboring province, establishing therein an arbitrary government and enlarging its boundaries, so as to render it at once an example and fit instrument for introducing the same absolute rule into these colonies, for taking away our charters, abolishing our most valuable laws, and altering fundamentally the forms of our government, for suspending our own legislatures and declaring themselves invested with power to legislate for us in all cases whatsoever. He has abdicated government here by declaring us out of his protection and waging war against us. He has plundered our seas, ravaged our coast, burnt our towns, and destroyed the lives of our people. He is, at this time, transporting large armies of foreign mercenaries to complete the works of death, desolation, and, and tyranny already begun with circumstances of cruelty and perfidy, scarcely paralleled in the most barbarous ages and totally unworthy of the head of a civilized nation. He has constrained our fellow citizens, taken captive on the high seas, to bear arms against their country, to become the executioners of their friends and brethren, or to fall, the, fall themselves by their hands. He has excited domestic insurrections among us, and has endeavored to bring on the inhabitants of our frontiers, the merciless Indian savages, whose known rule of warfare is undistinguished destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions. In every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. Our repeated petitions have been answered only by repeated injury. A prince whose character is thus marked by every act 
which may define a tyrant is unfit to be a ruler of the people of a free people nor have we been wanting in attentions to our british brethren we have warned them from time to time of attempts by their legislature to extend an unwarrantable jurisdiction over us we have reminded them of the circumstances of our immigration and settlement here we have appealed to their native justice and magnanimity magnanimity and we have conjured them by the ties of our common kindred to disavow these usurpations which would inevitably corrupt which excuse me would inevitably interrupt our connections and correspondence they too have been deaf to the voice of justice and consanguinity we must therefore acquiesce in the necessity which denounces our separation and hold them as we hold the rest of mankind enemies in war in peace friends we therefore the representatives of the United States of America in general Congress assembled appeal to the supreme judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions do in the name and by the authority of the good people of these colonies colonies solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved and that as free and independent states they have full power to levy war conclude peace contract alliances establish commerce and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do and for the support of this declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence we mutually pledge to each other our lives our fortunes and our sacred honor signed by order and in behalf of the congress john hancock president attested charles thompson secretary as i said this was from a broadsheet so it did not contain all of the signatories um but i do have a list of them here from georgia button gwinnett lyman hall george walton from north carolina william hooper joseph hughes john penn from south carolina edward rutledge thomas hayward jr thomas lynch jr arthur middleton from massachusetts john hancock from maryland samuel chase william packa thomas stone charles carroll of carrollton from virginia george with Richard Henry Lee, Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Harrison, Thomas Nelson Jr., Francis Lightfoot Lee, Carter Braxton, from Pennsylvania, Robert Morris, Benjamin Rush, Benjamin Franklin, John Morton, George Clymer, James Smith, George Taylor, James Wilson, George Ross, from Delaware, Caesar Rodney, George Reed, Thomas McKean, from New York, William Floyd, Philip Livingston, Francis Lewis, Lewis Morris, from New Jersey, Richard Stockton, John Witherspoon, Francis Hopkinson, John Hart, Abraham Clark, from New Hampshire, Joshua Bartlett, William Wimple, from Massachusetts, Samuel Adams, John Adams, Robert Treat Payne, Elbridge Jerry, from Rhode Island, Stephen Hopkins, William Ellery, from Connecticut, Roger Sherman, Samuel Huntington, William Williams, Oliver Wil Wolcott. From New Hampshire, Matthew Thornton.
So that is the Declaration of Independence signed on this day, or published on this day, in 1776, declaring the independence of the United States of America from Great Britain. It was followed by several years of war. The war had already begun at the time that the uh, Declaration was issued. Um, in many ways, the, the Declaration was issued in response to armed attack, um, also in defense of armed action, which had already taken place on the part of the colonies. Um, a lot we could say about it. Um, there, there's been quite a bit of debate about whether or not the American Revolution was biblically justifiable. Um, it's something that I went back and forth on for a long time. Um, I, I do actually believe that it was justified. Um, and, uh, but in the interest of time, I'm not going to give my reasons for that today. Um, perhaps next week, <laughs> um, I say I'm going to take the rest of the week off. My voice is hacked. Uh, I've been sniffling and stuff, and now I just sneezed and gave myself a bloody nose. So I am going to uh, end the, the show early. We are not going to recite the Apostles' Creed or any of that that we normally end the show with. And I apologize for that, but uh, this is just turning into one of those episodes. All right, folks. Have a great Fourth of July. Enjoy your barbecue. Enjoy your fireworks. Stay safe. Um, you know, through the rest of the week, stay safe, um, and, you know, go to church this weekend <laughs> and we'll see you on Monday. Um, I will be here Monday. Uh, I, I will be here Monday. I, I, I will promise you that. And so have a great week. Happy Independence Day. Take care. God bless. Chatter is recorded in front of a live studio hamster.